Well, I'd love to talk to you more about the weather and the Nebraska economy. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have a super packed show today. We have tons of things to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, do a little follow-up about AR that we talked about last week, Apple versus Spotify, new iPads, and of course, the long-awaited draft event, uh, fantasy draft for the event that Apple will hold uh, next week, a uh, big media event where where the company is rumored to be unveiling a new TV service and uh, probably more uh, service-related offerings. Uh, but first, before we get into all the details of all of this, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Luna Display. Luna Display is the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. Finally, you can use your iPad as a super portable second display for your Mac with stunning image quality and virtually zero lag. Luna Display sets up in seconds and instantly works over your existing Wi-Fi or over USB for when you don't have Wi-Fi. Luna Display also acts as a complete extension to your Mac with full support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and touch interactions. It literally turns your Mac into a touchable device. Let's Talk iOS listeners can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Visit lunadisplay.com and enter promo code TALK at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com, L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. Enter promo code TALK at checkout. All right. Last week, we talked about AR, and I said something that um, was greatly misunderstood, or more likely... (laughs) I didn't explain myself correctly. Um, I was saying that even though I kind of know that AR is the future and every company is investing uh, ungodly amounts of money into research and development for AR experiences and AR uh, hardware, um, I just didn't get it at this point. I just didn't see it as something big at this point. I even compared it for a minute uh, to uh 3D, 3D TVs TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that that might have been too much but in in essence I still stand behind what I was saying but I think it needs to be put back into perspective and maybe that's where I missed uh the train last week was not putting it in, in into the perspective of Apple um all our discussion about AR last week was uh was centered around the rumor or the report that Apple would be starting production on uh AR headset by the end of this year, by the end of 2019. And I based all of this discussion around this. So I wasn't necessarily saying like, I don't see the usefulness of AR in, in the future. I just didn't see the usefulness of AR for Apple in this very near future that is the end of the year 2019. And I still believe this. Like I still don't see what Apple would bring to the table. And I usually, you know, Apple waits uh, for a technology to be well-established or adopted or to be on the verge of exploding. And I don't think we're here quite yet. So again, all this was in the perspective of this specific discussion we had about Apple headset coming out or being entering production in, in 2019. I just, I just feel like this is so premature uh, for Apple, if the reports are indeed correct, and, uh, and and that is it. So I still believe in augmented reality. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter hit us up um, with some interesting use cases. One we didn't actually, probably the most obvious one, and one we didn't even mention last week was um, the use of um, AR headsets to supplement or maybe even to replace. Um, the way we use computer or computer screens, you know, you could put like a, uh, uh, some sort of uh, glasses 
on your head or stuff like this and just have the entire world be the display of your computer. So this is probably like the most exciting uh, use of AR uh, we can think of beyond uh, placing furniture in your living room with the IKEA application at this time. So hopefully I, you know, clarified my thought uh, from last week and uh, and hopefully I didn't offend too many people by saying that. You sound like you got... Uh... <laughs> You sound like you got kidnapped by like the AR gang, <laughs> and they're like, "Please, they're like, read this uh, word for word on the air that you love AR and that it is the future. Otherwise, you know, or else." That's hilarious. No, if if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to because I, I thought it was a great conversation. And yes. Sebastian was a little skeptical. I mean, I'm skeptical as well, but I just thought we really talked out what are some of the potential use cases. Um, and then we even got some great feedback on Twitter, like Sebastian mentioned, with uh, some different ideas that maybe we didn't cover. So uh, put all together, I just think it created a really cool conversation about something that we're all kind of still unsure of because we don't know what to expect. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they'll leave you alone now. The uh, AR Mafia will leave you alone now, Sebastian. <laughs> they said they will release me tonight. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, there's a couple other things we want to talk about before we get to the uh, the big fantasy draft. Um, the first one was this uh, Apple versus Spotify thing. Uh, Spotify, I believe, filed a uh, complaint with the European competition watchdog last week saying that... Uh, Apple, the 15 to 30 percent that Apple, uh, or yeah, that Apple takes from developers to be in its app store is, uh, unfair and anti competitive. Basically, their argument is that, uh, um, Apple as a monopoly, uh, cannot have this fair marketplace with the app store and also compete with it and also take this big chunk of money. So they said, uh, apps should be able to compete fairly on the merits and not based on who owns the app store. And it said we should all, all be subject to the same fair set of rules and restrictions, including Apple Music. And uh, they also said, second, consumers should have a real choice of payment systems and not be locked in and forced to use systems with discriminatory tar tariffs such as Apple's. Um, so, yeah, just basically calling out Apple for taking its cut, calling out Apple for forcing users to basically use their iTunes accounts as ways to make payments for in-app purchases. You know, Apple even told developers, Hey, you can't, you can't send users to offsite out of app experiences to purchase your stuff just to avoid our 15 to 30% uh, uh, cut. So it was a big deal. And as I mentioned before, I didn't think, you know, Apple does respond to this stuff sometimes, but they did this immediately. They were ready to go. And they said, hey, Spotify wants to take all of the advantages of the App Store, like the uh, the users, the hundreds of millions of users that come there, the beautiful design, the seamless uh, in-app purchases. And they, they said Spotify wants to take advantage of all that, but they don't want to contribute anything, right? They don't want to pay, uh, just like Apple's had to pay, to create this whole ecosystem. Uh, Apple's funded it from the ground up and has curated the app store and, and maintains it and buys the server space and pays the app store team to to take out all the bad. I mean, there's a lot to it. And so Apple saying Spotify wants to take advantage of that, but they don't want to uh, participate in any of the uh, the creation or any of, even of the payment. So it's kind of it's it's an interesting debate, right? In this in this day and age, it's a very interesting debate. And I know some people cited on Spotify and some people cited with Apple. And I want to hear kind of your thoughts on this real quick. On 
the basis of it all, I'm, I think I'm leaning towards um, agreeing with Spotify more. And even though a lot of their Spotify's claims were kind of misleading or murking their whole point, I think there are two major things to this um, little battle here. Uh, there's two points. The point number one is related to the cut, the commission that Apple takes on purchases made through uh, the App Store. Uh, it's 30% if it's a recurring subscription, uh, such as Spotify. It's 30% for the first year, and then it's 15% um, the year after. And um, that is a huge amount. Um, now, I, I, I'll agree that Apple is entitled um, to a share of of uh, revenue that it, that is generated uh, through its payment system and through its platform, which is the App Store. Um, but I think 30% or even 15% uh, for recurring payments after the second year is a huge cut. It is a gigantic cut for for uh, doing something that is limited in scope. Uh, Apple will argue that it provides, of course, it provides the delivery of the application and the platform. And it might even say that it promotes application in the App Store, which is more or less true. I mean, if you're lucky to be, to be uh, featured as an as an app in the App Store, that's great, but most apps are not featured by Apple in any kind of way. Uh, so the promotion of applications is kind of uh, uh, phony, I think, in this sense. And then, and then uh, there is, I mean, this percentage is just huge, 15%, 30%. Some will argue that it's entitled to it. I'll agree it's entitled to something. I think that the amount is just way too out of this world. Um, People we compare will, will, will say that, oh, you know, if you sell something on eBay, eBay takes a cut. You know, if you buy something with a credit card, the credit card company takes a cut. Well, obviously, everybody takes a cut somewhere, but not everybody takes a 30% cut. Like eBay doesn't take a 30% cut. I, I mean, you sell a lot on, on eBay. You know what the, what the fee is. It's probably, what, 3% or something of the selling price. Um, credit card do the same thing. They charge uh, depends like between 2 and 3 or maybe even 4 for American Express um, percentage. Uh, person, percent on on transactions so like taking 15 or 30 percent is just incredible and when i think when the app store was brand new um eight and nine years ago that was fine but things have evolved since then and um and especially for a company like spotify who probably you know like um gives away or let Apple take a cut for millions of dollars each month. Like this really, really adds up. It's not like you're an indie developer selling three applications, literally selling three applications a month and giving Apple, you know, 30 cents or uh, 90 cents over the course of a month. Like we're talking about millions of dollars. And what is Apple doing? Well, they're providing the platform, but they're not really doing anything else. It's not like they're powering the server through which the music is transiting, you know? It's that they are actively promoting Spotify in the App Store by featuring it, by putting it on the homepage of the App Store and doing, like, these featured stories about Spotify and everything like that. If anything, it probably buries it uh, because it's competing directly with Apple Music. So that, that was my point number one. And my point number two, which is really related to point number one, is, <laughs> is the fact that Apple forces application to use its own payment system that means that spotify can't even say we're gonna we're gonna implement our own uh payment system which they have on their website or i believe on android as well 
you can't. Like Apple says, if you want to charge something for uh, for um, digital goods in the App Store, we will take 30% of that or 15% for recurring subscription after year two. And that is crazy. That is crazy that basically uh, Spotify has no choice at all. It can't even say like, and that was the case with Netflix. When was that? A couple of months ago that Netflix kind of um, like left uh, Apple payment system aside. And now you can't sign up for Netflix from, from an iPhone or an iPad. Instead, I, there's not even a link uh, to a sign up uh, screen because Apple prevents that as well. And I feel like this is a very, very abusive um, way of handling this. That you take a cut of thirty or fifteen percent. I'm. I feel like this is this is a lot. This is too much. But okay, take a cut. But the fact that you're preventing and uh, enforcing uh, the prevention of other payment system for your applications in the App Store is downright abusive. And I think you know. In that sense, I feel Spotify is onto something here. If Apple wants to take a cut. Um, Fine, if it provides its own payment system and everything. But if I'm if I want to be able to uh, to provide my own payment system and my own subscription system service within the application, it should be within my right. Now I don't know how Apple would be making uh, uh, some sort of commission out of this, uh, but again, and for like forcing applications to use their own payment system, and preventing applications such as Netflix to say, you can sign up on our website. Like Netflix can't even say that in the application. You can't, like Apple prevents them to do this, to say, uh, you can't sign up here, but you can sign up on our website. Like, that's insane. That is insanely abusive, I believe. And I feel like this should be um, regulated in, in some sort of ways. Yeah, it's tough. And I think you made some really good points in favor of Spotify. But I think they're I think Apple's got a little bit of a point here, too. You know, they're saying after after Spotify used App Store for years to dramatically grow their business, they're all of a sudden coming back to the table like, hey, we think we're paying you. We think we're paying you too much. But there was no complaint when the App Store was really the only thing that existed, you know, of the like back then. Right. In 2008, when they introduced the App Store. I remember if you remember smartphones either right before or right around the time of of when the iPhone first came out there were places to download apps but there was a lot of places it was just kind of the wild west and you would go to a random website and you would fingers crossed that the app worked and it didn't have a virus and so for Apple to come in do what they did with the app store and then they requested a small piece they said hey we want everybody to be able to come in here but for us to sustain this everybody's got to chip in a little bit and Spotify not only agreed to that, but they excelled with it. Spotify is who they are today because of the popularity on mobile. And you got to think a lot of that's because of Apple. Uh, so I just I think it's weird that I think they're struggling in a lot of ways. Spotify, just in terms of what they're paying to artists, they're trying to they're going to court to try to reduce how much they have to pay to artists. And artists are already complaining they're not paying them enough. I think they are. Um, I can't remember what they're if, if they were if they've gone IPO yet or if they are just trying to go IPO. But I just, I think that they're on the verge of either being able to sustain a long time or just going under. 
So I think this is in the midst of all that, that makes this look even worse as they're trying to reduce fees from Apple because that's really the only front they feel like they can fight in right now. They're like, we got to quit spending as much money as we are. Otherwise, we're not going to make any money. And we're in court over here for these artist fees. What can we do? Where can we subtract my? Okay, the App Store. People, you know, there's already people out there that dislike Apple. There's a lot of developers out there that don't like the App Store model. Let's go after them and see if we can gain some traction. It just has this kind of gross feeling just knowing the state that Spotify's in. Um, they use rhetoric like Monopoly and things like that. I think that's crappy because yeah, yeah. if Apple were, if Apple were truly like, oh, I can't even find the Spotify app in the App Store unless I type in Spotify Music app. You know, like if there was some real proof that they were uh, burying this app or preventing or recommending theirs over Spotify, I think there would be some real arguments there. But otherwise, I think that, you know, every app has a chance to not get discovered in the App Store the same. <laughs> yeah, and see, your argument that app, uh, Spotify has been growing thanks to the App Store, that's fine. And Spotify has been paying a 30% fee for growing thanks to the App Store. Like, how do you justify charging a 30% fee every single month for if you're on a month, two months, or a yearly plan, or 30% every year for a user that might have been paying this amount for... Uh, several years. If I've been a, a Spotify user through Apple for, say, five years, like Apple has been making an incredible amount of money through this, like multiple times the cost it it uh, it cost Apple to uh, maintain this user or maintain the service provided to this user, uh, which is really just the App Store front. That's it. Really, Apple doesn't do anything else. Again, they just collect the money. And they pay a little percentage to the, the credit card uh, processor for this. And that's it. And then, you know, the rest is pure profit for having an icon in the App Store. And I feel like, I feel like this 30% plus 15% thereafter is, is again, like this number is way too high. Take a, maybe a 30% fee the first time and then like a 5% fee. Because again, going forward, once the, the, the user is acquired, Apple has nothing to do with that anymore. You know, like it, there is no relationship. Spotify doesn't even have a relationship with this user. Like Spotify can't um, uh, know their names or unless it's filled up by the user. I mean, you know, like there's not like a direct customer to, um, to provider relationship. Like the relationship is handled by Apple again. Uh, um, this this really 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 bugs me. Um, I again I I believe Apple is entitled to something for providing the platform uh, and providing the payment system. Obviously, I mean there's a cost you know uh, that's attached to this. So Apple is definitely entitled to something. My point is, fifteen or thirty percent is way too much. Right. And even if that fee is the fee, um, Apple should allow applications or app developers rather to implement their own payment system for their application and not force them and bully them, really, uh, into using uh, the the Apple uh, payment system and forbidding them to mention anything of the possibility of a transaction outside of the App Store. I think, you know, that's really my two points here. Yeah, I think the, I think we're, we land on this. The, the problem is, and I think we'll both agree on this, is that this hurts the end user the most, right? Because the end user doesn't get a very good experience if they can't sign up through the app um, 
if they can't either sign up for the service initially or they can't make their monthly payment through the app, like they've got to go to an external source, like that's just bad for us as the end consumer. So if I had to, if I had to pick, I I think Apple should still get paid honestly for them participating on that on on Apple's platform. But I would agree that it probably that percent probably needs to come way down. And I think I, I can't tell. It, Apple's accusing Spotify of wanting to keep 100% of the revenue, okay? And I don't know if they should be able to keep 100% of it. No. Maybe maybe they still give Apple 5%. I think yeah. they could settle on a smaller percent. Like, exactly. I would be okay with that, and it would seem like it would be the best for both parties. That's a compromise, and it would work out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to become a big deal, and unless Apple concedes right away to shrink that that payment – I think this you're going to gain traction by other companies stepping in like, yeah, Apple, we're tired of paying your 30%. Yeah. And it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem for them. Yeah, yeah. I um, I completely agree. I'd be interested to see a survey of small and big developers and have uh, a sense of their feeling about this 30 and 15% right. person cut. I mean, clearly, anytime someone takes money away from you, you're not happy about it, right? But... I think there is like a, a survey well made with the question well phrased um, could really f- get the sense of what people would be or developers would be happy to settle for. My guess is um, I, developers would feel comfortable with paying a ten percent of you know five or ten percent fee over five, over ten percent. Like it's a lot of money you're giving away. And remember, like a lot of small, especially the small developers and even companies like million, multi-million dollar companies like Spotify, they operate uh, with razor thin margins. Uh, Spotify doesn't really make money. You know, it's, it's not like a very uh, successful business, financially speaking. Uh, so I, I feel like there is, there is ground for, uh, discussions to be held between uh, developers big and small and Apple to find a way to agree on a percentage that Apple could take that would be fair to everybody, fair to Apple for providing the payment system and and the platform and fair to developers uh, for benefiting from this payment system and, and and the App Store itself. But again, I also feel like Apple should allow, if they want to, developers to use their own payment system and deal with everything um, outside of um, iTunes payment. Yeah, I again, it just rubs me the wrong way that Spotify, of all companies, the one that seems to be like it's in kind of financial trouble. I think some of those reports have gone away. I think I'm speaking on reports we were seeing like six months ago. Uh, but just it sounded like they were on the brink of it. <clears throat> they were getting attacked from all sides. Uh, artists that wanted more money and they were trying to reduce the amount of money they were paying artists. So we already know that that... Spotify is trying to reduce payments to everybody and then sort of come after Apple like this. I also thought there was two things uh, Apple pointed out that, uh, again, I thought uh, Spotify was kind of misleading here. So a significant portion of Spotify's customers come through partnerships with mobile carriers and other like other dealings. It's not like a bulk of Spotify's customers are coming through the App Store and the mobile app and Apple gets a piece of all that. It doesn't. A very tiny fraction of Spotify subscriptions are subject to Apple's revenue sharing. So it's not like Apple's taking 15% of Spotify's whole pie, right? Spotify's pie is cut up into 100 million pieces, and Apple's taking a couple of those pieces. 
So it's just it doesn't seem like they're getting dinged that hard by the App Store's uh, revenue model. And so even if Apple were to reduce it by 5%, that's not going to make a huge difference for Spotify as a company, for their bottom line, for their economics. I don't know. It just, again, the whole thing kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I think there's room for compromise here. But, man, I don't think this is a good look for Spotify at all. I mean, at the same time, it's not a good look for Apple either because, like I said, I think this is going to gain traction with other major developers. Yeah. All right, let's talk about something more fun. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Um, So kind of out of nowhere, I woke up this morning and I was like, hey, looks like there's new iPads out. Uh, Apple launched a couple of new iPad models this morning. uh, And I think these have to be very much... You know, the ones we've been hearing rumor, right? I think these kind of line up with rumors we've been seeing over the past couple of months. There was a t- there's a new 10.5 inch model, which crazy enough is called the iPad Air. And the it's got new a iPad Air. Yeah, the new iPad Air. And it's got an A12 Bionic chip. It's got Apple Pencil support. Uh, there's also a new iPad Mini, iPad Mini 5. And it's also got Apple support, the A12 Bionic chip. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's kind of interesting, right? What did you think when you saw that they just randomly said, hey, here's some new iPads, guys, a week before their scheduled event? Yeah, positively surprised. Uh, this look uh, like solid machines, too, for the price. Um, the iPad Air starts at 500 The Mini starts at $400. Um, the new iPad Air has a slightly larger screen, 10.5-inch. Uh, uh, the iPad Mini still, still the same 7.9-inch screen. As you mentioned, it's they feature the A12 Bionic chip. That's the same one that's in your iPhone XR or iPhone uh, XS. Um, right. So it's not, you know, uh, I was going to say it's not last year's chips, but <laughs> it, it is literally. It is kind of. <laughs> yeah, technically it is. Uh. Technically it is, but it is the current uh, top of the line uh, chip for um for iPhones, uh, top of the line chip for iPad Pro is A12X Bionic chip. So not quite the same, but close, very close enough. Uh, I think the, the difference is very minimal. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, they don't feature face ID. Uh, they still have touch ID. So the same old, um, body frame with bezels and of course the, the chin for touch ID. Um, they have very decent cameras. Um, all in all, I don't want to spend like too much time on this, um, because, you know, they're not super exciting machines. They're the entry level iPads and, uh, and we have, uh, much more to talk about after this. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're, I think they're solid iPads for the price. Um, if my mom came to me right now and asking for, for an, an iPad, um, the iPad Air would clearly, um, be, uh, what I would be, uh, referring to her. And I would feel fine uh, recommending this iPad because I think it's going to stand the the, uh, the time um, because it's time, it's yeah. it's outfit for for the next three four five years really, and so is the the new Mini, uh, which is virtually the same uh, internally speaking as the new iPad Air. Now, you so you would recommend the new iPad Air to like a relative like your mom over the three twenty nine iPad, which routinely goes on sale for like 2.99 is it still is, is it still oh yeah it is still for sale huh? uh, this one yeah I, I, I forgot to my knowledge it, it was before the show started now yeah you yeah, no, 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 no. today but you're you're correct you're correct um yeah i think for the price difference you get a bigger ipad you get a, a um 
a nicer screen. I mean, the, the new iPad Air has uh, true tone, uh, has this uh, laminated display. So, I mean, you clearly have a better uh, screen. Um, and of course, you have the A12 Bionic chip versus the A10 Fusion uh, from the uh, entry-level iPad. Um, so, I yeah, I'd still feel good recommended, recommending this uh, as a machine, again, that will last uh, for the next few years. Yeah, it's tough because if that if that entry level iPad at three twenty nine didn't support the Apple Pencil, this one would make a lot of sense to me. But uh, uh, for an extra two hundred bucks, just for the updated processor, and it's it's tough. It's an interesting. I mean, again, they called it the iPad Air. I really thought that this was a done. This moniker was done for, and I really thought Apple was moving towards simplifying its line of products into you know iPhone and iPhone Pro. Well, they don't call it that, but iPad, iPad Pro, MacBook, MacBook Pro. I thought they were really trying to lean this way, mm-hmm. um, at least towards the future. Like, hey, eventually we'll narrow it all down. But that is not the case. Obviously, they are just fine. Re- you know, throwing back in old monikers and uh, just having this kind of confusing tablet lineup. So it must be noted that the iPad Air, so the new iPad Air, is thinner and lighter than the entry level iPad, but not by much. Uh, and d- despite having a slightly bigger screen and slightly uh, uh, higher and wider body, it's still thinner and lighter than the iPad. So to me, it kind of qualifies as an air machine. It's definitely not a pro, um, but it ha- it offers something superior to the entry-level iPad, which is bigger screen, bigger screen, and better screen, and uh, and it is lighter. So it uh, to me, it qualifies without bringing too much confusion because you can go into an Apple store and look at both of them and be like, oh, I see this one is thinner and this and it is lighter. So yeah, it makes sense that it would be called the iPad Air. And because it is a little bigger in screen size, I don't mind paying 100, uh, what is it, 130 more dollars for it, or 170 more dollars. Yeah. You don't think this muddies the waters at all? Oh, and also, um, um, the iPad, the entry-level iPad, starts at 329 for 32 gigabytes of storage. The iPad Air is 499 so $170 more for 64 gigs. So you get double the storage space. <laughs> so I mean, to me, this to me this is really a good deal. And of course, it's hundred seventy dollars more. But I feel like this hundred seventy dollars gets you a long way: bigger screen, better screen, better processor, more storage. I mean, to me, this this goes a much longer way. Okay, if you're, what's the difference between this model then and the 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 entry level iPad Pro with Face ID? There is no more entry level iPad Pro. Um, I mean, there's iPad Pro. Yeah, so, there is a 11. There, I'm just calling entry level like the cheaper version, like the cheapest one you can get. That's the entry level iPad Pro. That's the 11 inch iPad Pro, the one that was released uh, last year. And that's the one right. I have. That's so that's the top of the line iPad Pro because the previous iPad Pro, the 10.5 inch iPad Pro, has been discontinued today as Apple released this new iPad Air at 10.5 inch. Well, right, right, right. Because I think it's just another two hundred dollars step up from this three hundred to yeah. seven ninety nine is the the starting price for the Correct. the lowest iPad Pro. Okay. Correct. Correct. And and to me, like this one is, you know, for example, for my mom, that would be so much harder to justify this three hundred dollar price difference. I I I couldn't. I mean, knowing what my mom does, you know, play Candy Crush and go to Facebook, it's just <laughs> that it just wouldn't be uh, worth it, really. 
Are you interested at all in the iPad Mini? Mm, again, uh, looking at the specs, it's great. You know, great little device. Um, I'm not sure I would have any use for it. Um, if I wanted something to read books, I would probably get a Kindle. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the Mini years ago when it first came out. Um, I I moved on since, and I'm happy with my 11-inch uh, iPad Pro. Yeah, I like the bigger displays, I think, on the tablet, just given how big, I mean, my phone is seven inches almost, you know, the iPhone XS mm-hmm. Max, so. Yeah, and when you when you go to, especially with a new iPad Pro design, when you go to this design, there's no going back to a home, to a, to a home button, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's just no, it's just not possible to uh, downgrade from Face ID on this beautiful iPad with like very thin bezels to going back to touch ID on this small iPad with big chin and forehead. It just, it just, I just couldn't do it. That's, I think that's part of what irks me about this too. So <clears throat> I agree that there was definitely a hole in, in the lineup, right? There was this big gap, this big pricing gap between the 329 iPad and the 799 <laughs> iPad Pro. Like there's clearly like a gap there and it needed to be filled with something. Um, so it just kind of, one, it throws me off that it's the iPad Air that they brought that moniker back. I, you made a great case point for it, and I know that's exactly what Apple was thinking when they named it. Um, that all matches up perfectly for me. So I see why it, it's called that and why it makes so much sense. Uh, but just the way it kind of muddies up the the lineup and the way that uh, it's like, here, pay $500 for this new device that doesn't have really any of the newer technology. No edge-to-edge display, yeah. no face ID. You brought up a good point about the processor, but outside of that, it's like, okay, this this iPad looks three years old now to me, uh, just given what we've had in the iPhones for the last two years. So the iPad looks older, wider bezels, big chin, big forehead, touch ID. Um, so I think for me, it'd be tough to, to justify any kind of purchase. Um, I'm sure there's a market out there for it. Apple wouldn't have released it otherwise. Yeah, definitely. It's probably smart that they did this now, though, versus waiting till the event, right? This is not an event-worthy type of device, I don't think. No, no. Speaking of, uh, should we hop on over to that awesome topic? Yeah, um, of course. Uh, First, let me take a minute to thank our sponsor once again, Luna Display. I was telling you that Luna Display is the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. You can use your iPad as a super portable second display for your Mac with stunning image quality, and pretty much zero lag whatsoever. Uh, Luna sets up in seconds, and it instantly works over your uh, Wi-Fi, or if you don't have Wi-Fi, over USB. It also acts as a complete extension to your Mac with full support for an external keyboard, uh, an Apple Pencil, and touch interaction. As I was telling you before, it literally turns your Mac into a touchable device. Let's Talk iOS listeners can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Visit lunadisplay.com and enter promo code talk at checkout. So I know you had a couple questions uh, you wanted to ask me about Luna Display. So I thought that instead of doing like the typical um, sponsor thing where I tell you about my experience and um, we could do like a, a, a small and short Q&A about Luna Display. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard you talk about it the last couple of weeks now and I just had some questions that have built up and <clears throat> the first one here is... Uh, any discernible input lag? I think you've read that it's it's very little to noticeable. You know, that's all fine, but I just want to know your real-world usage. Is, is it feel laggy at all? Is there any kind of input lag? Um, 
th there is some input lag, of course, because it's operating over Wi-Fi. So as soon uh, you know, as soon as that happens, there is lag. But um, as I was saying just seconds ago, it's virtually zero lag. It is noticeable at some times, um, but in day-to-day uh, -day usage, it's not something that you really realize or get uh, annoyed by. Um, so yes, there is uh, some lag, but it is uh, very, 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 very uh, barely noticeable. Okay, so it sounds like it's it's you it's for sure usable if you're trying to get some work done or, or browsing or whatever. Probably wouldn't play point and shoot video games with it. Though. No, I know, mm -hmm. and I and I see that you had a questions uh, a question about like running movies and games. Uh, I'm sure you could. You could probably run Steam on your Mac and play on your um, iPad like this. I'm I'm sure technically it's possible. I don't think it would be uh, that would be a great experience. And remember, like this works over uh, Wi-Fi or USB um, if if you don't have Wi-Fi. But really, like the beauty of it is to use it over Wi-Fi to be completely untethered from your Mac and. Um, I, I can't uh, I can't like swear about this, but I would assume that uh, the better your Wi-Fi connection, the better um, the refresh rate and everything on, on your screen. So if you have a terrible, barely existing Wi-Fi connection where it takes you uh, three minutes to load up Google or something, uh, you might have issues. But if you have a decent 2019 internet connection, um, that's that's your that should be. Um, that should be just uh, good enough. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm guessing that answers my question too of <laughs> what's the range of this wireless connection. I'm, I'm guessing it's just the range of your Wi-Fi network. Right. Um, so as long as you have a uh, Wi-Fi connection, you can, you know, for both your Mac and your iPad, then you can use uh, Luna Display. Now, I didn't do testings. I didn't, you know, walk away from my router and and, <laughs> and try to see how far I could go. Um, but... Um, I never had any issues with that whatsoever. Awesome. Um, my next question would be, uh, so is it possible to use, I don't know why this has been like a, just kind of like a dream or like a fantasy of mine, but being able to use like your iPad as a Wacom tablet for your Mac. So being able to open like an art program on your iPad, draw, and then see it come up on screen on your Mac. Is that something that this can do? Uh, okay. So yes and no. I'm going to start with the no. No, because Luna Display doesn't do this. But, uh, the company that makes Luna Display, um, has another app called AstroPad. Uh, and that basically what it does. It's using, uh, an iPad as a graphics tablet for your Mac. Um, so I'm not sure how that works. I assume you have to buy the extension, uh, the AstroPad extension. Um, and, uh, and it probably plays very nice, uh, with it, um, with your Mac and your iPad and Luna Display. Uh, but out of the box, no, you can't just use your Luna Display as a Wacom-like tablet. You, you need AstroPad. Yeah. So is it, is it mirror? Is, does it, can it mirror or is it always the second display? Like, can you ever just have whatever's on the iPad is on the Mac? Uh, does it, that make sense? Yes, it exactly. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Well, think of it as, I know you use an external display, right? You don't use your Mac right. display. Well, it's exactly the same thing. It's as if you bought a, a, a Samsung uh, monitor for, for, your, uh, for your Mac. And that, that's what, so you can use it as a mirroring of what you see on your Mac 
or you can use it as a secondary display uh, for what you have on your Mac. So you can, uh, for example, uh, click on Safari and drag it to the side onto your iPad, or you can say just mirror what's on my uh, on my Mac. Okay. Uh, and my last question here, we'll wrap this up. Uh, what is the most common thing you use Luna Display for? Well, that's what I was just saying, actually. Using it as a secondary monitor, um, I use my MacBook Pro as my main monitor, and this will change when we move back to California and I settle down again. Uh, but right now, my MacBook Pro is my only computer, really, uh, and uh, I use Luna Display uh, on the, to the side of uh, my MacBook Pro, and I use it as a secondary monitor where I drag uh, other applications that on that shouldn't be on focus on my MacBook Pro. So typically, right. that's email, Twitter, or Twitbot. Yeah, that's typically what I use it for. Um, but I've I've used also so that's not my my main usage is as a secondary display. But I've also used it as uh, bringing macOS to my couch on my iPad. You know, like I I just mirror what's on my Mac and I leave my Mac open and. Uh, and I just use my iPad as my portal to to Mac OS, really, and that that is pretty cool too. That's not something I do as as often as using it as a secondary display, though. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, any other question? Nope. That should do it, I think. All right then. Uh, so let me reiterate here that Let's Talk iOS listeners can get an exclusive ten percent discount discount on Luna Display. You're gonna have to visit lunadisplay.com and enter a promo code talk at checkout. Again, it's L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. Enter a promo code talk, T-A-L-K, at checkout to get 10% off your Luna display. Go do it now. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for doing that little Q&A. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we must get down to the nitty gritty. Every time I come up on the draft fantasy shows, I, I don't think about it till right now where I'm thinking about it like, man, we need a theme song. <laughs> we need like a little 10-second thing that I can play that gets us pumped up and ready for this draft fantasy draft show to happen. Yeah, so, we, need, we, need, we need it. I wonder, if the, I wonder if the NFL would come after us if I just went, da na da na It sounds just like they're, I think that's Monday night football. I don't know, or Sunday night maybe. Or Thursday. Anyways, night. anyway, I think we should we should reach out to the community here, to listeners, and maybe we have listeners that are into um, sound and uh, music production stuff like this. Can someone come up with a very motivating and uh, encouraging jingle uh, similar to the one from Monday Night or Thursday or Sunday Night Football? That would be fun yeah. to have like someone from the community do this for us. Yeah, that'd be super awesome. Uh, that way, I don't have to hum it. But uh, for those for those who are not familiar, uh, I'll I'll give you a quick breakdown of what these fantasy draft shows usually go like. We've been doing this for a couple years now. You had the brilliant idea, I think, like maybe two years ago, and I think since then, every Apple event we've had, we've done one of these fantasy draft shows ahead. And uh, uh, what it is is it's it's just like a, a fantasy football draft. If you've ever participated in that. Um, we put out a ton of ideas of what we think Apple's going to unveil at the event, and then we each uh, pick five that we think are really going to happen. And as we select, we alternate. Basically, whoever gets to go first, we decide that with the coin flip, and then uh, we alternate. So you pick a thing, and then I pick a thing, or vice versa, just depending on who goes first. And if somebody takes your pick, that pick's done. You can't use it again. It's not like we could all have the exact same picks. That wouldn't be any fun. 
Uh, so just like in fantasy football, um, you were you would take a pick, I would take a pick, and then we just go till we each have five, and then we watch the event, and whoever gets the most predictions or the most picks right, they win. So in essence, it's like you're drafting a fantasy football team of of these picks, and uh, you just want them to hit. You want Apple to unveil or Apple to make come true, whatever you're predicting, and then uh, you win. Usually, we just have like a friendly wager. I feel <laughs> I feel like I've lost all of these except for maybe I don't know. I might have lost all of them. Actually, no, I think you I'm... I think you won the first one. Oh, I did because yeah, okay, wow. but I, yes, I do remember. But yes, you lost one. all of them after that. <laughs> Since then, yeah. So I'm like one in nine. <laughs> Um, but no, it's a lot of fun and it's a way to kind of, you know, we're talking about what we think Apple is going to, uh, unveil at this event and, uh, but also have a little bit of fun with it. So that's where we're at. You can play along with us as you listen. We're going to put all of these, uh, the answer choices in the, uh, show notes and you can make your picks along with us. And then we will, uh, reflect on these after the event, which is next Monday, by the way, it's the 25th. Um, Apple's holding the event on its headquarters in the Steve Jobs Theater, I believe. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, okay, well, let's t- let's talk about the event a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the event first. Uh, well, the event will be held, like you said, on the March 25 in uh, Cupertino at the Steve Jobs Theater on uh, Apple's new campus. Um, the event invitation, what's called, was uh, titled "It's Showtime." So, sure. uh, very much saying what was, uh, what the show, what the event was going to be about. Um, and it had a little countdown playing, like, you know, in old movies when you had like the little, like, uh, three, two, one. So they had this gift going on in the invitation. So really leaving no doubt that something TV related is about to happen. But, that that's not all like uh, in the past few months we've heard rumors about many possible things happening at this event as well uh we've heard rumors of uh, a credit card um being launched we've heard apple uh, we've heard rumors of a news subscription service we've not, we've heard rumors of a game subscription service um so all of these rumors uh but unlike uh events uh, coming up to uh, iPhone events or iPad events where some stuff, a lot of stuff usually leak and we have a very good idea of what we're going to get uh, even before uh, before the event. Um, for that kind of event where it's mostly like deals, like contracts and no real physical product, uh, we don't know much. We don't really know much about pricing, about what's available, about bundles, uh, about availability. Uh, we don't know much at all, which makes this event or this draft uh, a, little, a little bit trickier to me than usual. Yes, this is going to be a lot. Uh, just even looking at you know the p- potential answer choices here, it's intimidating because I I don't know what to expect at all here. They've been very good about keeping this under wraps. Uh, as you know, as we've mentioned, there's we're not really expecting hardware, especially with the iPads unveiled today. Um, so it's just really kind of what services do you think are going to be unveiled and who might be there kind of deal, right? Yeah. And and because we have so many rumors before WWDC or before an iPhone event, coming up with ideas for potential picks for the draft, I feel was easier than, than today. Like today, I, you know, I... I mean, uh, the, the days coming up to today when we created this list together, like it to me, it was harder to come up with um, possible 
picks um, because there's so little information available out there. Oh, for sure. And even when I was making my own picks before the show, I was I just had this. My eyebrows were really raised like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed about this one. Yeah. You know, so I'm almost like just expecting to lose just based on default. Like, oh, yeah. I think we're going to get one right and it's going to be you and and that's going to be that. But uh, it's still fun. I'm still looking forward to this episode and uh, still looking forward to uh, what Apple's going to unveil next week. So, yeah. And like you mentioned, people can play along because the list of potential picks will be in the show notes of this podcast and of course your picks and my picks will be listed in the show notes as well so anybody can look at the potential uh, potential picks and make their own list and maybe you know keep a scorecard uh, at home and and see how they did last week when we reveal uh the winners or at least when the after the event has unfolded and we know uh what was unveiled and what wasn't yep um okay do you want to do the coin flip Yep. So, uh, as is the tradition, we're going to ask Siri to do the coin flip. Um, I'll let you choose heads or tails. Um, I always say this and it never works, but it's going to happen this time. Tails never fails, baby. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Heads or tails? It's heads this time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Siri? Then you have are gonna have some problems. <laughs> oh man! So I guess I'm going first. Um, all right, that hurts. My first pick from the list in is that Apple will not introduce a credit card at this event. I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. Uh, it just doesn't fit the whole narrative of this event, which is going to be uh, around uh, subscription services um, and TV, you know, that works for TV, that works for news, that might even work for gaming. I just don't see how a credit card announcement would fit in there. Like what would Tim Cook say? Oh, and uh, one more thing, you can pay for all these services with your new Apple, virtual Apple credit card. It's just just doesn't fit. Um, So there's been... I'm going against the latest rumor because I think there was a report last week from Mark, Mark Gurman or, or someone at Bloomberg uh, that suggested that the credit card uh, might be unveiled at this event. So really, I'm actually going against the very latest rumor about this. Uh, but I, I feel pretty good about this. So first pick, Apple does not introduce a credit card and I will log it in the show notes right now. Okay. Yeah, it's not a it's not a terrible uh, idea. Just give it. It doesn't feel like it fits in with the rest of the narrative we've heard so far about this event, right? Like, yeah, you know, we've heard mostly about the TV service and the news service, and then you just think, okay, are they going to just at the end go, hey, you could pay for all this with our new credit card? Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I like it. I like it. Um, for my first pick, woo, I'm going all in on a celebrity here. I'm going all in on a big celebrity here. Because I think you need a big celebrity in an event like this when you're going to talk TV. You got to have maybe the biggest celebrity. Okay. I don't think, you know, I don't think Jennifer Aniston moves the needle. I don't think a director like J.J. Uh, Abrams moves the needle. But I do think that if you call Miss Oprah Winfrey herself on stage, I think that moves the needle. So I'm going to, for my first pick, I think Apple brings Oprah up on stage to either talk about maybe uh, her new show. Um, if you don't recall, about a, I, I think it's been almost a year now, but 
Apple came out with a press release that said, hey, we've teamed up with Oprah to release. Um, it's like a multi-year deal to release some new content. And we haven't seen any of the fruits of that labor since that happened. And I just think it's time for Apple to call in that favor. Like, hey, Oprah, remember all that money we gave you and we did the press release? Time to pay up. Time to (laughs) come provide your services. So I think that they bring her up on stage at some point, again, either to talk about a show or even just to, you know, help hype up the service. Um, All right. Clarification question. Sure. Is she on stage or is she on screen? Uh, you know, in, in one of his mini movies, uh, introducing like a TV show or whatever talk show, Apple produced talk show. Like, what, what do you think? I think, I mean, I think it's at least going to be on, on screen. God, that's a tough question because why wouldn't she be there? Yes. Like, this is a huge event. Why would she not be there in person on stage? So you're saying she- are we count are we are we counting it if they show a, a preview of her show and she's not on stage? Well, okay, okay. Let's let's agree uh, on something here. Yeah, she sure. either has to be on stage or okay. interviewed on screen or set, talking on screen, but not like a preview of her show. Like I want her to see her in a way that she says, "Oh, I was so excited about this partnership with Apple when they approached me. I was right in, you know, I was into it right away." Like something where she expresses um uh feelings or whatever sentiments about this relationship, this deal she's got with Apple, not just a preview of whatever she might have cooked for Apple. Does that okay. make sense? I will yes, I'll agree with you there that if it just if we just see a preview, a quick preview of her show, and she's not talking externally outside of what's been pre-recorded, then uh, then it's incorrect. But if 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 she's either on stage or she's, you know, it's not going to be against a white background Johnny Ive style. But if she's on screen, yeah, uh, talking anything about you know, kind of third person almost about the experience or or her show, then I think that counts. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's that works for me. Come on, Big O. I went I went all in on Oprah. I didn't think. <laughs> I can't believe I did that, but I did it. All right. I want to go all in on celebrities on stage or appearance, celebrity appearance outside of a preview. Let's call it this okay. way. You know, I'm hesitating between two people. Okay. And I had one down here. But then the way you introduced Oprah, which I think, <laughs> by the way, like you said, like, oh, if, if you want to make a big splash, you have right. to have Oprah. Yeah. Well, to me, if you have, if you want to make a big splash, you have to have Steven Spielberg. Ooh, that's the one. Uh, that, I mean, like that's that is the 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 most probably uh, influential or uh, famous, I guess, in the world uh, producer uh, director. So, to me, that would make more sense. And Oprah. I'm not saying Oprah is not going to be there. They might all be there, you know, all the one <laughs> listed there. Um, originally, I had JJ Abrams listed on uh, on my uh, on my short list here, but I'm just I'm just on the fence here, Cody. Like I don't know if I should stick to my first uh, to my instinct, which was JJ Abrams, um, or if I go all in and go Steven Spielberg. Um, so I, I just I just don't know. I have to make a decision, and I'll stick to my my first instinct. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> you you said Steven Spielberg first. Yeah, but my first my first instinct was the one that was listed on my short list. 
That's what okay. I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On my notes uh, on my computer here, that's what that's the one I had, and that's the one I'm picking. I'm pink. I'm picking that J.J. Abrams, uh, in the same uh, idea as you mentioned, Oprah will be on stage uh, to either t- uh, to talk about his um, collaboration uh, with Apple, or rather, the money he received from Apple to make something. Uh, again, not a preview. Well, even if it was a preview, I doubt we would see him because he's not an actor. Um, right. But uh, it's not a preview. He's going to be talking about uh, about making uh, content for Apple. Okay. See, I like the way you went with this here uh, because the way I looked at Oprah, that's to me more – that's almost more user-facing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's more consumer, mainstream-facing. I think that grabs the mainstream's attention. But if somebody with the pedigree of a Spielberg or an Abrams um, is up there, then that tells Hollywood, look, Apple's serious about this. And obviously huge names there. Um, Not a bad idea to go with Abrams because I think his name's popped up in the rumors and the reports more often than Spielberg's has. Yeah, Um, He's got the Bad Robot production company. um, So he's got a whole production arm at his disposal. Uh, It's going to be very interesting if if J.J. Abrams pops up. I mean, for all we know, they... I mean, if Apple wants to do this right, they should all be there. Right. Like everybody who signed for... Yeah, a who's who kind of deal. I mean, everybody. uh, Everybody who signed anything, uh, producer, director, actor, actress, they should all, all of them, all of them be there, really. Yeah. Because if you haven't been following the reports, I want to say Apple has signed on something like 50 plus original TV shows that range from dramas to talk shows to documentaries to kind of like reality TV, like, you know, almost like home and garden stuff. Like, check out this awesome house. Like, it's just everything you can imagine type of content. And we've seen every name, uh, every name that's on this list of celebrities that we're expecting uh, have either inked a deal or we've even heard rumors that Apple send invitations to them. But, I mean, it's just, it's just unreal to see this list of people that they've signed with. Yeah. Um, this is a real This is a real thing. This is a real deal. This isn't... Uh, us fantasizing about our favorite celebrity is going to be there. This is everybody Apple's partnered with. Yeah. It, it would be hilarious if JJ Abrams and Oprah walked out on stage together hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim like Cook we basically said, predicted the most unlikely thing ever to happen. And Tim Cook said, uh, we're sorry, Steven Spielberg couldn't make it today. And we're like, oh, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. That'd be so awesome. Okay. Woo. Um, all right. So your pick is JJ Abrams. Now let's move on to my second pick. I am going to uh, back off of the TV service a little bit. I'm going to focus on the news service because that's pretty much what we agree on and what we're really expecting is that we're going to see a new uh, news service, a new subscription service, and a new TV service are there. That's why they're not in the choices again. Mm-hmm. But uh, the news service, I think, is going to cost less than $10 per month. I don't think you can charge more than that yeah. and expect people to sign up. For. I just don't. like. Netflix is what is it twelve dollars now? But I'm Hulu's eight dollars. Like you're not going to get people to pay more to read news articles than they do to get unlimited TV shows. <laughs> so in my opinion, I just I don't think Apple can charge more than ten bucks a month for this news service. Yes, I feel I think this is fair, but it also depends on what's included in this in this news service. Is the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times included in in this TV service, uh, uh, in this news, news service. service, sorry. Yeah. Because if they are, um, the value 
uh, and likely the cost of this uh, uh, ser- service goes up uh, drastically. Um, yeah, but even with those, I mean, you can subscribe to each of those individually for like $2 a month or something like that. So I think that if if you get them all in on this service, they're all going to have to give a discount. You know, it's not like everybody can charge their full max on top, you know, to Apple. And then Apple's got to try to figure out how to make up the money somewhere. I think they're all offering Apple a huge discount to be part of the service, which will be in front of hundreds of millions of eyeballs. Yeah. It's like, do you want a cut of this? You want a small cut of this pie, or do you want a big cut of no pie? Yeah, it, it, to me, it kind of rings true of that. And my my other concern is, what if the the services are bundled into one price? So, what if you can't buy a new, like a standalone news service for any price? Like the news service is part of a bundle of maybe TV, music, and news for say thirty dollars. Like what? Well then, that that would split into thirds. The news portion costs ten dollars. I win. Mm, I, <laughs> I I I disagree with that, but that's something uh, to 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 think. Yeah, about. it's worth bring it's worth bringing up, and it's it's a bummer that this has to be that specific, right? Like, yeah, they are for sure going to avail a news service. I think we agree on that, but it's going to be standalone offer, and it's going to be ten dollars a month or less. Is I think is at the core of my guess. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we can always argue about it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's put this back to next week. <laughs> um, my next pick, pick number three, is that the TV service uh, offers, or Apple offers uh, free, TV, um, free TV programs to Apple device owners. Uh, I'm not saying everything is entirely free, I'm not saying this is, you know, as of March 25, uh, starting at noon, you'll be able to watch something for free. Um, but I believe that Apple will um, offer some level of free content to uh, Apple device owners. I'm just uh, musing here. Maybe it's the first season of all their show, or maybe it's the first season of a specific show. Maybe... Uh, a specific show produced by Apple. Uh, maybe it's the first three episodes of one or several shows, um, but there has to be something enticing uh, for and re- as rewarding also uh, for being an Apple uh, device owner. So whether you have like maybe an iPad or an iPhone or a Mac or an Apple TV, probably the more more obvious one. <laughs> uh, right. You, I believe you'll be able to uh, enjoy. Uh, some free content, uh, some free TV content from Apple. Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad guess at all. I mean, that's if you really think about it, yes, the services division for Apple is uh, doing very well. That's what they've been hyping up a lot lately, given uh, flat hardware sales. But offering this content and these services is just another way to get uh, people to buy their devices, to buy their hardware. So why not make that the implication? We've already seen it. There's a precedent for it with their apps, right? Their software, uh, pages, numbers, keynote. They started giving those away for free to iPhone and iPad owners. Um, so why not think that they're going to do the same thing here? Just say content, right? They're gonna, there's going to be some free content to Apple product owners. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, in fact, you took one of mine. That was my fourth pick. <laughs> that was my good. fourth pick. Dang it. <laughs> he says good. Um, all right, I'm going to tack on to that because I think you're right. And I think that what kind of goes hand in hand with that is that 
that must mean that the TV service is going to offer multiple tiers. Okay. So there's going to be a free tier for people who own Apple products. And I think you have to, given the rumors, not only is Apple doing original content with this TV service, but the rumors say and the reports say that they are also going to have licensed content. And I don't think you can provide both of those under one flag. I think you've got to do separate services. So you got the original content provided by Apple, which may or may not also be the free level. But then if you're if you want the licensed content, maybe it can replace whatever other streaming service you're using to get maybe like live TV or maybe the premium channels like HBO or whatever. I think that's another tier. You're going to have to pay a little bit more. So I think there's going to be multiple tiers. All this to say, I think there's going to be multiple tiers of the TV service. I, I want to disagree with that. I feel there might be different pricing uh, in a similar way that there are different pricing for Apple Music, but you get the same thing, right? You can be a student and pay, I think, what is it, five bucks a month, or you can be an individual, pay 10 bucks a month, or a family, pay 15 bucks a month, but you get the same content. You're, you're not limited. And I feel like... Uh, this might be what we will see. I don't think Apple wants to complicate things by having different tiers. Uh, Netflix doesn't really have different tiers. Well, I guess they do for maybe... They for sure do, yeah. They they do, right? Uh, what for is it? 4K. Yeah, oh, for, for 4K. Oh, video. for 4K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still don't believe that Apple will offer different tiers. I think they're going to have a price and that will be it. For simplicity purposes, really. So that people don't scratch their heads looking at the website or their phone their phone or whatever, Apple TV, being like, oh, which one do we choose? Do we choose the 4K one or the non-4K one? We don't have a 4K TV, but we think about getting one. Or uh, what about how many devices can we plug in? It's, it's, I, don't think, I don't think Apple wants to go that way. What's funny is I literally erased the don't before I made this pick because I had the TV service doesn't have different tiers. And I erased the doesn't, and I I went completely the opposite way, literally in the second before I said it. Um, <laughs> because I agree with you, I think Apple would definitely have to go the simple route, um, even though they just introduced the iPad Air. <clears throat> but I don't think I don't think you can do. Here's free content for Apple owners. Here's our original content, and then here's licensed content that we're paying other people for. You can't put those all under the same umbrella. There's got to be different. It's got to be broken up. So to be clear here, just so there's no confusion, I'm saying there's going to be multiple tiers that offer different things. It doesn't matter if like one thing's, you know, if it's multiple different things or if it's just like this one gets access to licensed content or this one gets access to free content. I think there will be multiple split up, multiple tiers that either I cost differently, but also offer different options. Okay. so. What you're saying, there's going to be a, a slide on the screen that says, you know, for 10 bucks, for free, you get this. For 10 bucks, you get this. And for 15, you get that, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know if those are the prices, but No, yes, no, no. I, I'm not saying the prices are just examples, but that's what really you're saying. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move forward and pick number four. Sure. Uh, despite the rumor we've heard or the... The, the mentions, it's more mentions than rumor, really. Um, I believe that Apple does not introduce a game subscription service at this event. Uh, I know we've heard this in the past, and there was no specific time frame for this, I believe, if I remember correctly. 
And a game subscription service would fit pretty well, you know, if Apple was to introduce a TV service and a news service. Um, I just don't think there is an enough uh, smoke to have a fire here. Um, so pick number four, Apple does not introduce a game, game subscription service at this event. <laughs> I, I saw this in the thing and I should have probably marked it like, because we just because there's been no rumors tying it to this event at all, right? That'd be like saying Apple's not going to introduce an AR headset at this event. Kind of the same thing. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying you have to take it off. We'll mm-hmm. count this. You can. It was. It's fair game. It was in the. Is on the list. I just as I'm sitting here looking, I'm going, man. There was not a single report that said it was even coming this year, much less at this event. So that's like saying Apple will not introduce iOS 14 at this event. Okay. To me, right? It's kind of like along the same lines. Yeah. But again, we'll we'll count it. <laughs> um, anything else to add about your no. your bold pick here? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah, he's got a point, but whatever. No, I'm keeping no, it. <laughs> not not really. I mean, it would make sense to have, uh, you know, if you're touting services and subscri- subscriptions and content. I mean, that would be a good to- a good time to do it. Um, but I don't think that's it. Um, so okay. I, don't, I don't think I don't think it's contentious. I think I think that every time we do a draft pick, you come up with something <laughs> for a way to complain about my picks. No, 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 no. I've heard. been I've been talking up your picks for the most part. In fact, you <laughs> took one of mine. I'm saying this one though, <laughs> if we're being honest, is a little little out there. I don't think Apple will introduce a game subscription either. So we agree. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we agree on that. Um. <laughs> That's all right. I'm good. I'm feeling good because I'm going to do something way against the rumors. Oh, boy. I'm I'm going <laughs> you're like, what is he going to do? <laughs> Are they going to introduce the iPhone here, Cody? No, they're not. <laughs> but but I do think there's going to be hardware. Oh. I know we heard there's no hardware. Wow. I we we're hearing rumors that AirPods 2 are in production. These things are in mass production right now. I think Apple brings them up. I know that's not really the theme of the event. I know that uh, we've heard that don't expect hardware here, but if these things are in mass production and the AirPods are, to me, they're the most iconic, popular, trendy thing Apple is selling right now. I I just think they are. I think AirPods are everywhere. They're in memes. They're on Twitter. They're in my Instagram feed. These are all outside of the non-tech circles that I follow, and they are just getting more and more popular. So to throw, I mean, this is two years after their release almost. So to just throw a new pair out there at a big event like this, not only does great for the AirPods, but I think it also draws more attention to the TV service. So I think Apple might want to not do an event where it doesn't go any hardware. These things are already being made by the masses. Just bring them up on stage or mention them briefly or something. Okay. Yeah. Now, my question is, if they get a press release same day, we've counted those in the past. Does that count here or do they have to be talked about on stage? Mm. I, I gave it to you. Yeah, I give it to you. E- even if they send a press release, okay. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, you know, it's. I, I said it was a long shot. I said I was going against the rumors and the reports, but I got a gut feeling here. Yeah, we saw where these gut feelings got you in the last three drafts. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Don't go play the lottery on that gut feeling." Cody. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty ballsy. I'll I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's pretty ballsy. Uh, I'm gonna add it to the list right now, so we don't forget. Apple uh, and Vers AirPod AirPods too. Pretty good. Pretty good. I would never pick this, but uh, <laughs> well, because it, because I would never pick this. <laughs> it's not because I really don't believe in it. It's because I think there is more possible obvious choices above right, that. Like, yeah, like no gaming system. Like like no gaming or like my final fifth and final pick. TV service doesn't include original content at launch. Whenever launches. I'm not saying it's on March 25 or March 26. Um, I'm saying that the TV service doesn't include Apple-produced original content uh, when it launches. It does not include it? It does not include it. And this is based entirely not on my gut feelings, but but on recent rumors um, that have suggested that original content will just be available um, in the fall of 2019. So that gives us a few more months until this content from Apple, created by Apple, uh, will be available. Hmm. So you're saying like if it launches in like June, that it'll have the licensed content first, and then in like August or September or something, in the fall, they're going to say, hey, our new original content is now available on our TV service. Yes. I, you know, I would suspect they would launch before the summer, before June. I, I feel like, again, this is not part of the picks, obviously. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to launch in March, but I think it's going to launch shortly after. It's going to be available fairly quickly. And that will include content from uh, third-party providers. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, kind of like you know Netflix has tons of shows that is not Netflix-produced uh, that's available for streaming. Or Amazon has a lot of non-Amazon content uh, and uh, I think that's what what's it's going to be like at first, and then they will ramp it up with uh, with free uh, free um, with uh, Apple produce content. Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, I I do know that that has been in recent reports, and uh, but it's just it's like they've spent all this money on their original content, and it's just not going to be available to the first people that go out and pay for the service. It's that's it's tough. I mean, I I'd probably agree more with your pick than I would going against it. Like I don't feel good enough to bet against it, but it's uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do that, I guess then. Cuz you have to basically say, "Please pay for this, but we promise it's going to get really good with exclusive stuff down the road." Cuz I mean, you're all everybody's already in streaming services. I'm in like 7. Yeah. I should probably cancel one. <laughs> so to add for me to add one more that already that doesn't have anything that the others can't offer is a tough sell. Yeah. Uh but think about it this way. They could say they could lock you in with a, with a price. The you know, if you sign up in the next 3 months, um your membership your uh subscription plan will be locked in at five dollars for the life of your subscription and then after that you know if you subscribe in six months it's going to be 10 bucks a month whatever the price may be maybe to entice people to um, sign up in mass um, they yes they don't have the apple produce content but they offer something else and and what they would offer is uh, a nice discount on the life of the sub- subscription, I, I think I think that is possible. I really think that is possible, if, especially if they have some 
um, great uh, partners. I don't think they have HBO at launch and, and uh, Showtime, and, but they might have some um, high-flying partners uh, with great content that make the Apple TV, ser- uh, Apple video service uh, a, a solid standalone service on its own without Apple produce content. Wow. Yeah, it's been really tough for me in the last couple of uh, months in the run-up to this event trying to guess what Apple's going to do here. Um, I, You know, when we when they launched Apple Music, when they launched their radio service, we saw the signings. You know, it was like, oh, Apple just inked a deal with Universal. Music service is coming. Oh, Apple just inked a deal with, uh, you know... Uh, I'm drawing a blank on every other record label. Sony. Uh, on Sony, yeah. And it's just like, we saw that. I have not seen anything with Apple's inked a deal with uh, Turner Broadcasting or uh, NBC or Fox. You know, like, we just haven't seen. So I don't know who they've licensed this content from. Um, so, yeah, I'm still, I feel like because I'm kind of in the dark about that, I, I don't know what to expect at all, really, from the TV service, especially if. You tell me there's not going to be any original Apple content on this. Okay, well, what's going to be on it? <laughs> like, what is it going to be channels? Is it just on-demand content? Um, so, yeah, that's something we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. What's your last pick? Oh, okay, I'm on the fence. I know the topic. Is it going to be U.S. only or not? <laughs> is it going to be U.S. only or not at launch? Because I- I'm looking at both sides of the coin here. On one hand, Apple seems to always do stuff us only when it breaks into a new market it's just like hey guys this was just a really big task to undertake this is all we could do at the moment we'll roll it out to other countries as we go along but then i think okay maybe they just throw a bone to our canadian friends north of the border and they say hey let's do us and canada because they do do that sometimes where it's us and canada only well that's multiple countries right there and but then my problem is, well, they know that they're competing against the Netflix and the Hulus that are already available in other areas. So what do you do? So I'm kind of on the fence here on which one to select. I need to pick one here. Um, do you know which way you would lean? You don't have to tell me. Yeah, I know which way I would lean. And I will tell you once you make your pick. Ah, you could tell me before if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, can I just say North America only? Would that count? Um, you can. I mean, there. we can add it to to the list, but you have to. It, then, if you want to add this to the list, you're gonna have to, you know, say exactly what countries. I mean, if you say North right. America, I guess that is the the U.S. and and Canada, and Canada. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that includes Mexico too, but I don't think. No, it just doesn't feel like they Apple includes them in in their launch plans like that. Mm-hmm. Not, no offense to Mexico, I'm just that's not. There's no precedent for that. Yeah, right? Everybody in Mexico is so offended by what you just said. <laughs> They're so pissed. They're like, what do you mean that Apple doesn't roll out stuff to us first? They're going to climb over the wall and come <laughs> kick your ass. Oh, no. Um, okay, so I got to pick one here. Yep. I am going to say that it is going to be US only. Dang it. Yeah, I think that's the right choice. Yeah, at least I got at least I got some support on it. <laughs> if I had gone multiple countries, you're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, Cody, <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> I mean, that Apple Watch, like the ECG feature, was US only. I think for a little bit. Um, I just going back over Apple Music. I think was US only when it first launched. Apple Pay. Um, I just feel like this falls that same track. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just so complex, especially again. Now there's several levels too. Like if they have 
if their TV service is only original content, then uh, if they could do it anywhere they want, they can probably, do it yeah. anywhere they want because that's their content. They can distribute it however they see fit. However, um, and that's more likely that there's going to be content that is not original content. So that means that uh, that's different deals, di- distribution deals across different countries and regions, and and uh, and I think that makes it um, at the beginning, you know, uh, at launch. Uh, very hard to launch simultaneously in in several countries at at the same time. So, like you, I I believe TV service will only be available in the US at launch. If there is a new service, I also believe this new service will be only available in the US at launch, and then we'll grow. Uh, but hey, the news uh, the news app is not even available or doesn't even feature content from. Uh, from France. Uh, it's only available, the news app is only available in a few areas in the US, I think in Canada, probably in the UK, probably in Australia. Uh, but in France, even though you can have the news app, like you can't add any anything in there. It's, it's kind of useless. For news, it would have been tough for me because we know with the beta, the current iOS 12.2 beta, that the news app has been expanded to Canada. And so to think that the news app has been expanded to Canada, the timing's just kind of coincidental for them to be able to also do mm-hmm. the new subscription service mm-hmm. there. So I would maybe include Canada with a prediction. I mean, obviously we're done with picks, but if I was going to guess for the news service, I'd maybe include Canada for the, the news service. But I think you're right. And ultimately I'm going to be right that uh, TV service uh, will be US only. Now you made a really good point. If they say we don't have any external partners, this is just all our original content, it's going to be, they can do it wherever they want. So they would be several countries at launch, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, But just the fact that we think there's going to be other licensed content, it's impossible to go across country lines with that in any type of, with any type of efficiency. Yeah. You've got, it's different regulations, different uh, uh, royalty uh, regulations. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. Um. So there are some topics I stayed clear of on right. in this picks, and I see you you picked that the new service is less than ten dollars per month. I try to stay away from pricing because I I just can't wrap my head around like what they're gonna do in terms of pricing. If it's if you can pick each service individually, which I think you should, because you know I might want TV but no news. I might want news but no TV. I might want music but but news. But you know, like you, you should be able to pick and choose, which adds complexity uh, to the right. different pricing. Um, I, I I just don't know. Like I can't find like something that really satisfies me, uh, a solution that really makes hundred percent sense to me. Um, I think just talking about it like this, like I feel like I feel like users will be able to pick, right? I want music and I want TV, and or I want news and I want music, <laughs> or I want video games and I want TV, and then <laughs> and then obviously the price increases as you pick more services. Uh, but I would also assume that you get discounts. You get you know like you get the benefit of a bundle. So say you know Apple Music is ten bucks, and say uh, TV service is ten bucks. Uh, maybe if you buy two, uh, if you buy both of them, maybe it's not twenty bucks, but maybe it's eighteen bucks. Uh, I know it's not a bit, it's not a huge. Uh, it doesn't seem like a big number, but it's a ten percent discount, so it's pretty good. And the more you add services, uh, the more the more you actually uh, save. That seems to make sense to me, but 
That seems awfully complicated. Also, and it's it's yeah, it's diluted, it's complex. Yeah. Um it's weird. And okay, so here's here's how I'm looking at this event that and it's kind of interesting to me for two reasons. One is um the pricing, okay, so if Apple was to unveil hardware at an event like this and it was iPhone, I mean, that's a $1,000 device. And if it's an iPad, that's a, you know, that could be a $1,500 device. But the fact, so, so if you're a consumer watching this, you're going, oh, it must be nice. But, you know, I think a large bulk of people wouldn't get their, wouldn't be readying their thousands of dollars to go try this out, go try out this new device. That their services that are only going to, you know, we're only talking in the range of like 10 to 20 you know, if it's a huge cable package, then like 40 or 50. But I think people are going to be more into this because it's something they can try out. Like that's that's not a, that big a deal to come up with the $10 a month to try it out. I'm sure there's going to be some free trials. Um, so looking at it through that lens, I think it's very fascinating. This isn't something that's going to exclude a lot of people because of pricing. Um, but two, and it's kind of on the, the opposite side of that is I also feel like we're hitting an inflection point of uh, content saturation. I it takes me several minutes sometimes to find something to watch because there's just so much content out there. Yeah, and I'm just talking about on Netflix or Hulu alone. Mm-hmm. But if you have multiple streaming services like I do, where you know Directv now, flip through those channels. Okay, Hulu, Amazon Prime, um, the HBO Go app. I mean, there's just so much. I don't know if consumers are like super. You know, especially you're hearing. Disney's uh, streaming service is coming down the pipeline here pretty quick. So I just, I don't, I'm, I'm interested to see how consumers react to this at a time where I already feel very weighed down by content selection. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I only have to, I have Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime, and it's always like a 10 minute dance to figure out, especially when my wife has the remote, to figure out what, <laughs> what we're going to be watching. Seriously. Well, if you're not, yeah, if, if you're not already binging a show, like yeah. right now I'm, I'm finishing the last part of Mr. Robot on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, so that I don't have trouble picking. But after I'm done with that, trying to decide on the next show or trying to decide on if you don't want to watch the show you're currently watching, you want to go outside the box a little bit, mm-hmm. it's daunting. You're like, there's so many choices. I've watched 10 trailers and I'm no closer to finding something. My food's cold. Yeah. Well, speaking of food, it's the same when you go to a restaurant and, and you have a 20-page menu. Like, what what am I going to pick in here? Like, there's so much you don't know. Um, but in contrast, I like going to, to restaurants that have only two pages because right. you, you have only you know five items to choose from and your choice is much, much easier this way. And it's the same with TV. Well, I guess it's the same with everything, but especially with TV, when you end up at night, you know, after dinner, you're like, okay, let's watch TV. And, and you have hundreds and thousands of different possibilities. It's just overwhelming. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Cheesecake Factory here in the US. If you've ever gone to one of those, there's like a, it's, I think it's a 10 page menu and they're very large and it's very tiny print. And so there's, it's unbelievable. Chapter one, vanilla <laughs> shakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Do you want to go over your picks one last time, list them up? So, uh, and then we can, we can wrap this up. Okay. I, I went all in on Oprah on stage. I think she's going to be up there. I went in on new service costing less than $10 a month. You mentioned you weren't a fan of guessing prices. It was the news service I felt way better about. TV, I have no idea. News service, I think, can fall into the $10 a month mark. Uh, TV service has multiple tiers. Uh, we've already gone over that extensively. Uh, I've made the big, bold bet, maybe even bigger than the Oprah bet, of uh, AirPods 2 showing up. Maybe she walks out with AirPods 2s in her ear. 
Maybe that happens. You don't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, TV service only available in the U.S. at launch because that's just kind of what Apple does, it feels like. <laughs> and as for me, I chose that Apple will not be introducing a credit card. J.J. Uh, Abrams will be on stage or show on a screen. Uh, a TV service will offer free content to Apple device owners. Uh, Apple will not introduce a game <laughs> subscription service. Very contentious. And finally, <laughs> the TV service doesn't include original content at launch. All right. I want to add one to mine that says Apple will not bring a live cheetah on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't it just be ridiculous if they did that? Like Tim Cook walked out with one on a chain leash. You're just like, what? Oh, man. And that tells me I've been looking at this list too long. So, yeah, we can wrap this, we can wrap this up. Um, as usual, it looks like you have like the more sensible picks and I have the more like just swinging for home run type picks. So we'll see next Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. As always, you know, we, we fought, we, uh, live blog the whole thing. Um, I, they are streaming it via video, but it's just kind of nice to have that in text and to get some extra context and we get the prices and availability and stuff out. And then all the subsequent announcements. So if Apple does throw up some press releases with stuff they didn't mention at the uh, at the event, we'll have that up on the site as well. So as as always, we hope you join us in in, in our coverage that day. And uh, I'm excited; it should be a good time. Yep. And uh, again, people can follow along with the show notes, uh, and uh, we'll be sharing the results next week. And until then, I want to thank you. I want to thank our sponsor, Luna Display. Go to lunadisplay.com and enter a promo code TALK at checkout for 10% off on Luna Display. Cody, I will talk to you next week when we uh, get the results and find out that I won this pick. <laughs>